clear of the closing doors, please. Welcome to Subway Sports Talk. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I am your host. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in to SST on Apple Podcasts, App Spotify, and on YouTube. We're back for, I was about to say, Week 19 picks, which is technically accurate, but it's the playoffs, baby. We're here for Wild Card Week Off. Week Off, golly. Should I just run it back? No, I'm not going to run it back. I'm going to keep pushing. It's what we do. Wild Card Weekend Playoff Picks here on Subway Sports Talk, joining me as they have throughout the entirety of the season, we got Cody O'Connor tied for first with a record of 29, 24, and 1. And then, also here, Patty Parkin spots 25 and 29. Patty B, Pat Boyle, how you doing, bro? You're bringing up the caboose right now, but how you living? I'm doing well, Pete, and I told you, not for long, baby. I told you the march is on to finish the season above 500. And you can bet... You can bet on it, literally and figuratively. You can bet that I'm going 3-0 this week. I love this slate. Like Stu Finer would tell you or any commercial on the radio, I'm on fire, and I've got premium information, and I'm going 3-0. I love the spread. I love the total. Bet with me. <laughs> and then you call, and you get either you get both sides of the pick either way, so you win or you, you know. Have you ever called one of those lines before? Absolutely not. But I only, t- to be honest, and maybe this is embarrassing. Maybe this is an embarrassing, uh, you know, acknowledgement of the truth. I only found out about six months ago that that is how those work. That you call up and there's like a recording. It's a recorded line. You call yeah. the, you call the the you know you call the phone number, and you're either getting let's say for Sunday night you're either getting Rams plus three or you're getting Lions minus three depending on what no number way. caller you are. And if They're you just happen, playing the odds, those fuckers. Yeah. And if you, you know, let's say you call and you get Rams plus three and you win, then you're like, oh, this guy's great. And you go back to him and let's say you get one of the two sides that they both give out and you win again. You're like, wow, this guy's awesome. And if now, you lose, wait, well, then so what? Here's the real question. Why does every guy who has one of these hotlines like that, Pat, have a raspy voice and sound like they've been smoking a pack for 40 years? Because That's they my probably question. have. Because they're all con artists, and no con artists that I know don't smoke cigarettes. <laughs> There's the one guy who has the commercial on the fan. I don't know if it's still running, but you know what I'm talking about? I can't remember his name right now. It's like, how is this guy on, like, relatively primetime hours on the fan on a commercial right now? Like, what is he paying for this slot? Who's calling up this guy? Richie Dollars. Like, what's up with that? I'm Big John, and I'm on fire. And I love <laughs> to, cra- to crush both the spread and the total. Tonight's game, premium information confirmed. Like, yeah, dude, you, you're Adam Schefter. You've got who's playing and who doesn't. Newsflash. Everybody else does an hour and a half prior to kickoff. <laughs> well, Newsflash, I'm Big Lou and I'm on meds too. All right? <laughs> so that's what I got to say. That was uh, a weird got- way to start the pod. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going 3-0 <laughs> this week to insumation. I'm going 3-0. What's up, Cody? You seem to know a lot, Pat, for a, a phone line that you've never given a phone call to. You had the recordings, you had the information, you even got impersonations, you had the impressions of it. Um, so very convincing uh, in the fact that you don't call. I now know for sure you haven't. Windhorse meme? <laughs> I've never called. <laughs> never called. I never called. It's a lie. Never I lost. feel like you have a good Trump in your bag. Maybe one day we'll do all picks and full impressions. And we get to hear Cody do Chris Berman again. I've got, 
I've got the best picks. Everybody says nobody does them better. I've got three and zero. Okay, okay, I'm going three and zero. That started well uh, pretty good, and then I, it kind of got worse as the sentence went along for you. I I feel like you need to kind of push the boundaries of an impression as you move throughout. Like you have to kind of get worse in a in a better way, just more exaggerative. Is exaggerative a word? It sounds pretty good. Tonight is pretty smart. Exaggerative. I think I'm making that that a thing. But nonetheless, we're here to do some picks here on Subway Sports Talk. Mark Shenlugan still smoking ducks out here somewhere in Hoboken. Not here, uh, but we do. We will get his picks up on social media. Uh, actually, we are recording this quite late, so I get it. We're, we're missing you today, Marky. I was looking to see how you could possibly get three picks out of this six-game slate, but what an exciting slate we have. Before we get to it, I have one question for you guys that I really, 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 really want to be quick with, but I just got to ask you, most shocking retire slash fire slash move on slash et cetera, Bill Belichick, Nick Saban, Pete Carroll. Don't think I'm missing any of the big, big, big guns, but which one was most shocking to you guys here? Pete Carroll. I, I think everybody and their mother knew that Belichick wasn't coming back to the Patriots. Uh, Saban, I wasn't shocked. I was like, all right, you know, if he calls it quits, like I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, the guy's not going to coach forever. Um, so I, I, I never thought in a million years Pete Carroll wasn't going to be coaching the Seattle Seahawks next year. I guess none of them could be too shocking considering they're combined like 220 years old. But uh, I think Saban <laughs> was the one I, I just wasn't thinking about. I figured he's probably the type of guy you'd think would go out on top. And, you know, he, he had a hell of a coaching performance and them could, to get to the just to the final four was was pretty impressive for them. But, um, yeah, that was probably the one, like you said, Pat, Bill Belichick, you kind of knew all the tea leaves were there. And uh, Pete Carroll staying on and the way the season ended, I guess, wasn't. Shocking, shocking, but uh, I guess Saban. Yeah, I, I guess, like you like you said, Cody, Saban was least on my mind about it, right? Like, there wasn't really rumblings. Yeah. There wasn't like, oh, this could be his last game. I'm not convinced he's done, though. I'm not convinced. I could see a quick little ESPN stint and then back at it somewhere. Who knows, maybe even just kick out the old coach at Alabama, go right back to it. I could see him not being done yet. Pete Carroll, uh, amazing run. Still in amazing shape, seemingly. Wonderful guy. We'll see what he does. Does it stay on as a GM type guy? Who's to say? That's it. Just wanted to get your quick thoughts on that one. But now we move into this wonderful slate. There are six games. They all are pretty much are exciting to some extent, right? Some more than others, but every single game at minimum has one or two pretty big time storylines, has an aspect of closeness, whether it be in the spread or just general outlook here. Some mind movement now from earlier in the week. What a time to be a sports fan. Browns at Texans, Dolphins at Chiefs, Steelers at Bills, Packers at Cowboys, Rams at Lions, and Eagles at Buccaneers. That's the entire slate. Cody O'Connor, may you do the honors in kicking us off. I would love to as the Tide for first in the clubhouse. I'm going to continue to say Tide, Pete, because you like to try to bypass that, right? And I think, uh, you know, maybe jinx me a little bit. That's that's Trying to get in that head, Cody. Yeah, nobody can get in my head. Only I can get in my head. And I did. That's a drama <laughs> line from Entourage. <laughs> that's a deep <laughs> that's a deep Entourage line that very few people should understand. All right, pick number one. Let's move on. Um, two legs. Buying two uh, dogs up. One slight, one huge. So I, I guess I'm going to tell my hand with one of them. The Steelers, I'm going to buy up to 17 and a half. 
Um, and I'm pairing that with Miami at plus nine and a half. So uh, let's start with Pittsburgh. Um, it is really difficult to back this Pittsburgh offense with Mason Rudolph, even though they have looked better. It's just, it feels tough to back a team that has a hard time moving the football. But we've heard about the weather there. We've heard it's supposed to be ugly. The total's 35 and a half. So if I'm going to get 17 and a half points, which I'm giving myself that advantage here, um, in a game that you already think is low scoring, that's an advantage. Plus the fact that the Bills have done all year, and we talked about it on Tuesday, Pete, how they, they've been able to win in this streak, but they haven't blown teams out. They haven't been able to stomp on their throats. They've been shooting themselves in the foot with the red zone turnovers, with the just dumb plays, stupidness, weirdness. Um, and they have a really hard time blowing teams out. Do I think they're going to win the game? You better believe I do. But do I feel comfortable enough to buy them down with what I've seen from them all year long? I really don't. So that's why I'm going to buy the Steelers up. Who Do they feel like a team that you want to back? No, they haven't felt like that team all year long. They've been able to muddy up these games and keep them close, get outgained and still win them. And even though they, they on paper don't feel like they should be in it, and with T.J. Watt being out, that's a huge loss, and we've acknowledged that. But it's just another spot for Tomlin to prove why he is one of the best coaches in the NFL. So I don't think they're going to win, like I said, but I do think that they can keep this close. One possession, I could see it getting to maybe two possessions late of the, with the Bills maybe taking over, winning by 14 or so. Uh, but I feel pretty comfortable that the Steelers can keep this respectable enough at 17 and a half. On to Miami at nine and a half, the team that everybody seems to be overlooking. And I understand the record with Tua going into cold weather. He is like 0 and 10 when the weather drops below 20 degrees or something along those lines. And those numbers don't help you out. But this is a different Dolphins team who can run the football. Raheem Mostert should be back. Jalen Waddle should be back. So they should have that, as Baldy uh, called it, the 4 by 100 track team all back with all that speed and their ability to do things underneath to run the football um, and to, again, just kind of throw some crossers and some screens and let these guys run. The weather feels like it should give them, on paper, a slight advantage, again, despite the fact that I know what Tua and Mike McDaniel's numbers together have been uh, in these cold weather spots. Not to mention the fact that the Chiefs have uh, just not blown people out either. They've been able to win some tight games, but they really haven't had that ability to pull away. And I think this is going to be one score. And again, when I am buying a team up, I'm telling my hand in that I'd rather buy them up. I feel more comfortable with that than the money line. So um, that's what I'm doing here. I'm going to get them over a one score game. I'm getting the Steelers up to a three score game. Um, and that gets you minus 112 for my first pick. So all that stuff we talked about, Cody, I like that you're sticking with that Dolphins idea there of them being able to kind of just, I don't want to say do the impossible because that's obviously a ridiculous thing to say, but do the thing that no one thinks they can do right now. So many times when you're betting football, it just feels like something you have to push that boundary occasionally and say, oh, all I'm hearing from all these people is that they can't do X. They can't do this. The other team is in such a better position. You look at the numbers, 60% of the tickets are on the Chiefs, 70% of the cash is on the Chiefs. Maybe that sharp money, quote-unquote, is doing the same thing that the public money is doing, where they're just saying, oh, it's way too cold. The Dolphins can't win. But some of those ideas you had there make a lot of sense to me. I'm going to go away from that. I'm going to go for a different game here for my first pick, and we talked about this one on our podcast earlier in the week, Cody, as well. It's like slightly unscientific, but sometimes here in the playoffs, 
That's the way I want to go. And I'm going with the Philadelphia Eagles minus three at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The big time advantage that the Eagles are going to have here is that I don't think the Buccaneers are going to be able to run the ball at all. Right now, throughout the entirety of this season, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have been the worst rushing team by yards per play in the NFL. Now they're going to be in a playoff game where you're now going to ask Baker Mayfield to be completely mistake-free because they're not going to be able to run the ball. With all you can say about the Philadelphia Eagles defense being really disappointing this year, the one thing you can point to as a strength is that defensive line. They got some big bodies. They got some big boys. They got some veterans who have played a lot of football games along with that youth movement of all their new Georgia guys. I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will not run the ball well at all, and I don't like the prospects of a semi-banged-up Baker Mayfield who really struggled in a game they needed to win against the worst team in football, going up against a, even though they're down, a still very battle-tested Philadelphia Eagles bunch who has the wherewithal to make big-time plays. I think Baker puts the ball in harm's way. I think the Eagles don't put the ball in harm's way, and maybe their offense won't be gangbusters here in this game as they're dealing with injuries of their own with Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown. However, this team has been around the block. They're not going down in this first round here. The number is three. Is that a little bit sketchy? Yes, it is. However, I just think right now, if you got a bet on this game, right, you have to take an Eagles team that's hungry, that might be a little bit relieved to be away from that home crowd. You saw Darius Slay with the comments uh, just today. He talked about it. You know, maybe it feels a little bit good to be on the road. Them Philly fans tend to boo real quick. We don't need boos right now. Yeah, you can call that a loser mentality. I call that a team that's at peace down in Tampa in the comfortable weather against a team that can't run the ball and a quarterback who's a little bit banged up. I like the Eagles minus three at the Buccaneers. All right, Pete, you may or may not see that at some point in my picks. Uh, first pick for me, chronological order. Let's go Saturday night. Peacock, right? You know, cue up the Francesa. I mean, we're having a game on Peacock on a Saturday, a playoff game. <laughs> that was also a bad Francesa. The, imp- the impressions tonight have gone downhill as the podcasts have gone on. Uh, but anyway, Kansas City Chiefs versus the Dolphins. And let's bring back the Patty B same game parlay here for this game because I'm not confident in the Chiefs of covering really any spread right now, but it's a small one. So the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win this game. And we have a perfect opportunity here for a Pat and Cody sandwich where the Chiefs can win. They win by single digits. Everybody goes home happy. Chiefs money line. And of course, in a game that is going to be zero degrees at kickoff with wind chill getting as low as negative 20 degrees with the wind chill. Of course, I am taking the under here. I'm getting the under up a couple points or down a couple points. So Chiefs money line under 50 and a half. That is minus 110. Um, you know, again, I know we know all the, the stats and all the um, you know, the info about Tua in the cold weather games. Here you go. Here's the three coldest starts in NFL or college. Um, they've all come in the NFL and the coldest game he's played in has been 29 degrees. So uh, that was last year, December, where he actually played not bad. The completion percentage wasn't great. I remember him missing some throws, but it was that Saturday night game in Buffalo and the Bills won 32-29. Uh, before that, 
January 3rd of 2021 at Buffalo, lost by 30. And January 2nd, 2022 at the Titans, they lost by 31. Um, I don't know. I don't remember off the top of my head if that game, if they were still in playoff contention at that point. Uh, but either way, there you go. There's his three coldest games. And now he's going to play in zero degree weather. Um, so, and also just two against good teams on the road. He hasn't been good. He's two and nine straight up on the road or in neutral site games against teams that are above 500. He has failed to cover the spread by an average of 11.8 points per game. And the Dolphins in their last 14 games as a road underdog, they are two and 12. Those are courtesy of my friends at Action Network. So there you go. The Kansas City Chiefs, they're about as healthy as they're going to be. That defense, which has been the best it has been under Steve Spagnuolo, I anticipate them making life very difficult for Tua on top of the cold weather. The Chiefs' offense has been miserable this year, right? We understand that. Do I think they're going to turn on a switch and put up 30 points here? No, but I think that defense holds Miami to probably 17 points, and the Chiefs walk out of here with maybe a 21-17, 23-17 win, uh, something along those lines. Uh, I know Cody mentioned the 4x100 track team. Yeah, Mostert and Waddle are probably going to play. They're nowhere near 100%. I don't think they are. I think Raheem Mostert's knee and his ankle are banged up, and we know Jalen Waddle's got the high ankle sprain. So how effective is he going to be when, you know, again, he's not even going to be the, be able to feel his leg, feel his ankle. Um, might be the, That might be pretty good, honestly, if it's numb. But either way, you get the point that I'm making here. I don't think he's going to be 100% effective. Tyreek Hill coming back to Kansas City, right? That's the huge storyline in this one. However you think Ty, if you think Tyreek is going to embrace that and, and use all the boos and the, the smattering of jeers that he's going to get to his advantage, sure. I know Spagnuolo's got a game plan for him, and it, teams have had game plans for Tyreek Hill, and they haven't worked. But the Chiefs' defense are very smart. He is going to be double covered. They're going to have two high, sometimes even three high safety help over the top to make sure that he is not beating them deep. They're going to force Tua to keep everything in front and nickel and dime them down the field. Um, and, you know, again, the Chiefs' run defense this year has been pretty decent. Uh, so I, I don't think Devon Achan and whatever Mo, you know Mostert is on Saturday night, I don't think that the Dolphins are going to be able to carve them up on the ground to the point where two is getting that play action going, and then they can start maybe taking some shots over the top. I think this is a very uh, grinded out win here for the Chiefs, but I think it's one that they confidently definitely win. Mahomes at home at Arrowhead. I know that hasn't been a huge advantage this year, but you know, again, am I expecting them to flip a switch and be the elite Chiefs that we've come to know for the last three years? No. Am I expecting them to kind of flip the switch halfway and be and play a very great home playoff game? Yes. And I don't think there's going to be a ton of points. Like I said, predicting prediction for a final score, I think it's going to be 21-17 or 23-17. So Chiefs money line under 50 and a half. Um, I like the under in general, but, you know, again, I'll take the cushion because I'm comfortable with the Chiefs winning. Okay, so take a correct score at twenty three seventeen in the uh, Chiefs Dolphins game. Noted. Um, hopefully, yeah. I can just it. Yeah, honestly, I think it's twenty seventeen Chiefs. I think they they have the ball. They milk the clock, and they get into like a you know fourth and seven or a fourth and eight from like the twenty five yard line where they're kind of forced to kick a field goal. And two has got a shot to go down the field, and he probably throws a pick around midfield. Hey, if it stays within six, um, and Pete knows because I said it on the pod last week. I've also got the Chiefs as my final future to make the AFC championship game. So uh, the sandwich would just be glorious. Um, and we'll see. We'll see what uh, what Raheem can uh, most start up, if you will, with that ankle. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Come on now. All right. Um, Comedy. Let's do it. 
Pete, I'm the king. I'm the king. Just ask me. <laughs> um, all right. Let's go straight pick for pick number two. You got to get a little uncomfortable here. Um, I don't love the number. I'm going over 51 and a half in the Lions and the Rams game. I think it's high, though, for a reason. I was I was really hopeful that I could get it in the low or in the high 40s, rather. Um, but I think it being at 51 and a half feels right. And I think it's that high because, again, I think it's for a reason. It's because their weapons all over the place offensively for both sides of the ball. We talked about it in, in L.A. with the Rams. You might be mentioning Cooper Cup as the fourth weapon when you're talking about the Rams right now when you got Kyron Williams coming on so strong and Puka Nakua with what he did this season. Cooper Cup has almost been an afterthought, but he is still a dog for that team. Um, Detroit, no Laporta. Yes, that hurts. Um, what I am afraid of with them is something I mentioned on Tuesday with the fact that if I was Dan Campbell, I'd be looking to run the ball a lot. I'd be looking to lean on that backfield, especially with no Laporta. Um, but they still have the burst, right? Even D David Montgomery is no stranger to a 15, 20-yard pickup up the middle. And obviously, you've got big playability at any time with Jameer Gibbs. Um, they can hit the long ball. They've shown the ability to do that. And if they do get the run going, yes, it could chew up some clock but it also gets the play action going, and that's when J Jared Goff is going to thrive. So um, I was really close to potentially taking the Lions plus three and buying the under down, little uh, Patty B same game parlay special, if you will. Um, but I decided to just go straight. I do lean that the Lions are going to win this game. I told you I think the Rams are almost getting to be too hot of a ticket at this point, uh, despite the fact that I really like that team. Um, I really love the weapons offensively. I guess the reason that I'm going with the over uh, is because I do see the shootout. I do see a potential for a Rams win and, and a slight upset. Um, but I think those weapons are going to show out. I think in a dome where you're not going to have any weather in there, there's no factor there. And I think you're going to get something. Let's go, let's go scoreboard watch. And Pat brought it up. I think you're getting something of a 30 to 27, a 31, 27 type of a game. I think somebody's getting in the thirties. I think it's going to come down to a last possession or two, but I think you're going to get the fireworks that we expect this week. And, uh, so 51 and a half is a huge number, especially when it comes to the playoffs. It leaves you susceptible to a 27, 24 finish at 51, which, uh, would, you know, would not shock me, but, uh, I think you're getting the point. So get a couple big plays. Hopefully the run game doesn't kill the clock too much. And let's ride with the 51 and a half in one of the most anticipated matchups of the weekend. And to add to that, Cody, it's not one of my picks, but I have some stats for you here. Uh, right now, according to Pickett, great app there, you have 66% of the bets on the over, 84% of the cash on the over. So the sharp money coming in on that number, if I'm not mistaken, 51 is a key number. Uh, for overs or for totals, I should say. And that makes the 51 and a half a little bit sketchy. But like you said, that could be that sort of line that's saying like, oh, it's over the key number. Like, here you go. Take the under. It's too high. And then boom, the total's 58 at the end of the game. I can see this kind of being a touchdown score either way. I could see it being either team by seven with that final drive going, right? So that's why that number three on the spread is just a little bit sketchy, which is why buying the Lions up to plus three through the zero, I get why you would shy away from that. I, I, I tend to agree. And with the Lions defensive backs just being a sieve for most of the year and the Rams defense being up and down, it, it just makes a lot of sense. I like the pick, Cody. Yeah, it, it, was, right. it, it was almost better to see the number be higher, though. Like, it makes yeah, you think I you're on that. the right track. If it was lower, it, right, like you said, 51 and a half feels like the type of number they want you to take the under at. 
hopefully uh, we're on the right side of that thing. Yeah, it's kind of like with the Bills Steelers game. It's been 10 forever since it moved with TJ Watt being out. And you're like, okay, if it goes to 10 and a half, I almost feel better about the Bills. Now on DraftKings, we're seeing some nine and a half. And it's making me question of like, uh, I wanted to take the Steelers at plus 10 earlier in the week and I got scared off of it. And now look at me, like, do I, am I going to take them plus nine and a half? That feels like it's stupid. Like I didn't get the value. So maybe that 51 and a half makes sense. All right. My second pick, I'm going with a teaser. It'll probably be my only teaser of the week because um, there's not that many games, obviously. But also, I'm going to go with a straight bet for pick number three. Right here, though, it's a perfect teaser spot. You can take the Houston Texans at home, plus two, up to plus eight. And then I'm going to take the Dallas Cowboys at home. They're at minus seven, so I get them down to minus one. Earlier in the week, this was two and a half and seven and a half, which makes even more sense for a teaser because then you truly get through the seven instead of just moving off of it. Uh, but nonetheless, I just like this teaser. I liked it earlier in the week, so I'm going to ride with it here. Cowboys minus one, Texans plus eight. On the Texans front, a lot of talk about the Browns being this sort of team who, who's going to have some deep run potential here with Flacco and this defense kind of cooking on all cylinders right now. I think it's going to be a lot closer. I think the Texans are the type of team, even if they hit a couple bumps in the road, their offense will be able to put up some numbers, even if it's late, even if it's garbage time. That's okay with me because you now have them through the three through the seven, all the way up to plus eight. C.J. Stroud has been unflappable for the most, most part of this entire year. He has what it takes to handle pressure. I think he has shown more than most quarterbacks, whether they're rookies, second-year starters, or 10-year vets, to handle pressure as good as anybody in the league right now. So I think some of those off-balance throws that we've seen all year, we're going to see some of that. We're going to see some Nico Collins fireworks. We're going to see them at least hang with the Cleveland Browns. Do I lean on the Cleveland Browns as most likely to win this game. Yeah, I kind of like the Texans. I kind of think about taking the Texans plus two or plus 115 on the money line, but getting them up to plus eight just feels like the right move. Also, their defense has been getting some pressure. So if you see some Joe Flacco and Harry situations, maybe throwing that ball up for grabs. The Texans defense has what it takes to get some sacks, to cause some turnovers. And I think this one's going to be close. Cowboys front, this one's kind of simple. I think the Cowboys are a way better team than the Green Bay Packers. They have the better quarterback. They have the better weapons. They have the better defense. Of course, it's the NFL. It's football. Anything can happen. We know Jordan Love has what it takes to put up some good numbers, to throw some deep bombs, to really get some explosives out of those wide receivers. But we know the Cowboys have that times too. CeeDee Lamb, Dak Prescott's connection's been electric for the better part of this year, and I expect nothing less in this playoffs. I think this is a year that Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, at minimum, make it over that little hump and make it to a conference championship game and maybe make it to the Super Bowl, as I mentioned on the Tuesday podcast, Dak Prescott is probably playing the best football of his life. All right, here we go. Dak Prescott minus one, Texans plus eight. That's a teaser. It's minus 120. That's my second pick. All right, I'm going parlay for leg two. I am also going Cowboys just on the money line here. And then even though I think they probably win the game outright, I'd like to get the Rams up to plus seven and a half. Um, I don't see how they lose this game by more than a touchdown, not with how great the offense has been. And Cody, as much as I love your over 51 and a half, if you asked me to pick a side, I'd probably take the under because it's a primetime playoff game. We've seen how primetime games have been all this season and it's primetime playoff, I think there is probably some nerves in that first half. I wouldn't be surprised if that halftime, that's a 10-7 game. Um, as much as on paper, it screams take the over. 
I wouldn't I wouldn't mind if the under I, I wouldn't be surprised if that under hits and you only get like 43 44 points. What the hell, dude? I'm just saying. I I wanted to just comment on your pick, but unbelievable, dude. <laughs> That's what we're doing now. I'm just saying. I I normally don't disagree with your picks. I'm, I I disagree with this one. I'm sorry. I hope it hits. I'm not touching it. But I hope I hope it hits. I hope it I hope it doesn't. Why? Uh, so you, so you I win? Want, so I, I want to win. <laughs> oh, now, we're, now we're bashing heads. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, my pick, not you know Cody's pick. I hope it wins. Pete, I hope you still have a chance to win anyway. I hope my pick wins. Cowboys money line, Rams plus seven and a half. That's minus 122. Um, look, for the Packers, I, I think a lot of this comes down, you know, uh, is the health of Christian Watson because Jordan Love and this offense don't operate the same without Watson, who is their best receiver, who might be their best player, right? And um, without him these last five weeks, we've seen the, the Packers lose to the Giants, lose to the the. The Buccaneers now, a lot of that was their defense, Joe Barry's defense, which is also atrocious. And now you're asking them to go on the road to Dallas, where the Cowboys offense has been otherworldly at home this year, 8-0, and beating teams by like 30 points every week. So I think Joe Barry's defense is in for a challenge of, of its own. But this offense, without Christian Watson, who hasn't played the last five games, and obviously he's not going to be 100% either, um, I, I think that's going to play a huge impact I think any chance Green Bay needed to to beat the the Cowboys is to have 100% Christian Watson, and I just don't think he's going to be. Um, he's probably going to try to suit up and play. I, I just don't think his hamstring is 100%. Um, so there's that front. The Cowboys, like I said, at home, they have been unbelievable this year. And, yes, I know that they are putrid in the playoffs, right? They're 3-12 and against the spread since 1997 in the playoffs. So maybe the Packers do find a way to keep this within a touchdown, you know, of course, you get the seven. Uh, it was at seven and a half. Now it's at seven on some books. So it's kind of a perfect spot where you can see the Packers covering this either through the back door or, you know, maybe if it's a little bit closer of a game than you'd think. But I just think, look, the Cowboys have been unbelievable at home this year. The defense is great. Christian Watson's not 100%. And Jordan Love's making his first playoff start, right? As great as Jordan Love looks at times, he also looks really mediocre at times too. So all those, the Packers defense being a sieve down the stretch here, and the Packers defense, um, you know, another stat here from my friends at Action Network, DVOA, they are 31st. Their special teams unit has been atrocious this year. I've seen plenty of, plenty of plays on red zone, muffing punts, terrible blocking. They get a penalty called on them for special teams almost every time. So, you know, we always talk about the intangibles, how they could flip a playoff game. Don't be surprised. You see the Packers maybe get a little bit of momentum on defense, and then they muff a punt, and the Cowboys get an easy touchdown off of that. Tough to predict, but again, don't be surprised if it happens. Rams and the Lions, nobody is hotter right now than Matty Stafford slinging the pill with authority and this Rams offense. Kyron Williams, luck of the Irish. The man is a touchdown machine. Puka Nakua should be offensive rookie of the year. And, of course, you have the legendary Cooper Cup, not to mention Demarcus Robinson, Tutu Outwell, what they can do in the slot, you know, beating zone coverage, which you're probably going to see a lot of from the Lions because their defense is not that great and it's not uh, well-equipped to go man-to-man with these guys. So you're probably going to see a lot of zone. Dan Campbell in this defense is probably going to have to bring a ton of pressure on Matt Stafford and hope that they get home enough times. I don't see it happening. Um, and to be honest, as much as I love the Lions and really would like to see Dan Campbell succeed, this just feels like a spot where it's 
It's, you know, screw the Lions. They got screwed over by the refs in that game Saturday night against the Cowboys. They should have been the number two seed. Here they are at number three, and they're probably going to lose at home to the Rams. You know, the trendy, hot, wild card team. It's for good reason. Rams offense has been great this year. Lions defense has let them down at times this year. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't see the Rams losing this by more than a touchdown here. Cowboys money line, Rams plus seven and a half. And now, Cody, if I can jump in before you before you start here. After hearing Pat's, you know, uh, thoughts there on the Cowboys and the Rams game, I had a thought, and I kind of wish I just took the Cowboys minus seven, if I'm being honest right now. I know I have Cowboys minus one, Texans plus eight, a great teaser line that makes a lot of sense. The more I think about this game, the more I am backing the Dallas Cowboys in theory here and on this podcast, there's a great chance that they just roll the Green Bay Packers here in the playoffs. When you talk about this Packers defense, which I didn't really mention too, too much, they've been a disaster at many occasions, many stops along the way <coughs> here this season. This Cowboys offense is built to dominate them. It really is. And we also know that the Cowboys have are prone to really beating up on bad teams. They've done it all year long. They've covered some big-time spreads this year. And if you think about Dak Prescott, all this talk about how bad he's been in the playoffs, let's talk about really the losses that he's had in the playoffs here. Going back to his rookie season, a 34-31 loss to the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers, who I'm pretty sure made it to a conference championship that year. He threw three touchdowns, one interception. His loss in year uh, year, like not year two, but his third year in the league, against the Rams, who I'm pretty sure went to the Super Bowl in 2018 and lost. He, uh, you know, he lost 30 to 22, another one score loss. Then his other two losses are against the 49ers teams that were just stacked defensively. Some of the best teams we've seen in the league that haven't won Super Bowls are the 49ers. The 2021 year lost by a touchdown, lost by six points to be specific last year in 2022 lost by just a touchdown to the Dal- uh, to the San Francisco 49ers. Dak Prescott, is 11 touchdowns to five interceptions in the playoffs, 92 quarterback rating. He hasn't been horrendous here in the playoffs. Like he can't win. He also dominated the Buccaneers last year in the first round. uh, And he has two wins to his resume. So for all this talk about how bad he's been, it's not like he's never put together a good performance. It's not like all those losses are just horrendous. I can't believe Dak just blew it losses. And yeah, I'm sure there are some specific plays here that I'm not recalling in this moment in time where he maybe threw one of his five picks in super inopportune times. But to to think like they just can't win, that you got to take the Packers because the Cowboys are cursed, that's something I'm not buying into. And that's why I kind of wish I took Cowboys minus seven, but I'll stick with my teaser. Yeah, I just want to offer one thing here too. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys win by 20 and then the Rams beat the Lions and you get Rams 49ers, and you get the Eagles are going to win, and they're going to be my next pick. You're going to get Eagles, Cowboys in Dallas, and off a blowout win, books are probably going to have the Cowboys as a three-and-a-half-point favorite or a four-and-a-half-point favorite over the Eagles, and the Eagles will beat them outright, and it'll be a rematch mm. of the NFC title game, Eagles-Niners. Yeah, I can see it. I can see that all day. I can't. I think everything Pat has said is dumb, and I think all his picks are going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, I disagree with one pick, Cody. You've made 54 of them this year. <laughs> oh, all right, all right. He I won't forget. That. Yeah, I'm, I'm holding on to that one tight. All right. Um, Pete, we're going for another sandwich opportunity with my third pick. And uh, I'm a little uncomfortable with this one, but sometimes you got to be comfortable getting uncomfortable. 
And so we're going with a straight pick, and we're going with a road favorite to kick off the weekend. It's the Browns at minus two. I have been uh, on the Browns for for a little bit. I told you that we've got a ticket, 35-1 to for them to win the Super Bowl. Do I think they're going to win the Super Bowl? Not really, but it's a fun bet. And uh, how about little numbers for you that I never bring up? I never got numbers, but I got at least one for you. Oh, I'm going to hear it. My guy, Joey, five and Flacco in the wild card, never lost LeVar Ball. Never lost. Never lost in the wild card. He's five and oh. And you know what? The Browns have been humming, man, since he's been back. And I think this is a battle. Again, I'm a little uncomfortable with this pick. And you talked about the Texans and CJ Stroud. And I think that dude's a dog. He has answered every single call in the big moments, in the big spots. In essentially a playoff game last week, he was flawless again. And even when Tank Dell goes down, they just pick up where they left off. And Nico Collins goes nine for a buck 80 and a touchdown last week. CJ's a dog, man. And it's going to take this Browns defense try, having a really good game plan. Essentially, I think Stefanski and the Browns are going to have to gr- have a really good game plan to try and confuse Stroud. It is obviously his first playoff action. No, I don't think he's going to be scared of the moment. I just think this Browns team is damn good. I think, you know, Pete, you bring up a lot the uh, best unit in a game, right? You got the two offenses, the two defenses. I think the best unit in this game is the Browns defense. I think that's the one I trust the most, even though I'm going to, again, tell you how good I think Stroud is and how good that offense has been. And Joe Flacco and this offense can move the ball. But I think that the unit I trust the most is the Browns. And I think the worst unit in that game is probably the Texans defense. So um, I think minus two is the right number. I think it's one score. I think it's tight. I think it's going to take um, a really solid Flacco game. I think he's going to have to keep the turnovers to a minimum. I expect he'll probably throw a pick. I just hope it doesn't come at an inopportune time. And I hope it's not two, three picks. Um, And I think if he can do that and they can run the football, uh, that his leadership, his veteran, um, you know, experience is going to take over in this game. And they're going to be able to find a way to get past the young Houston team who probably is playing with house money at this point. I mean, no one going into the year. I'd love to find the person who said they were going to win this division. And if you did, you have that ticket. It's probably somewhere on Twitter at like 20 to 1, 200 to 1 maybe. But uh, I'm sure somebody has it. But I I think this is going to be tough. But um, I think Flacco on the offense is going to be able to get it done. He's got Amari Cooper back. He's formed a connection with him. He's got a great connection with David Njoku, who has really come to life since Joe Flacco has been there. Um, they don't have necessarily a two-headed monster like the Lions, but you got Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt who could both run the ball well for you. Um, and, I again, I just trust that this uh, – Brown's defense is going to show up to make it uncomfortable for Stroud to put some pressure on him and to ultimately try to confuse him with some different looks and try to uh, mucky this game up and do it defensively. So I think it's lower scoring if the Browns are going to be successful. I think it's going to be close. Pete, I think we've got a good chance at our sandwich here. Um, and I, uh, I, I just Browns minus two. Let's roll with Joe Flacco, man. Take me to the promised land. Love some sandwiches on wild card weekend. Who doesn't love a good sandwich? You know what I'm saying? Got to appreciate that. I'm thinking about just making my own sandwich and taking the Cowboys minus seven as my third pick and doubling down, giving my own Petey Peppers sandwich. But now I'm not going to do that because that would be a weird thing to do uh, with three picks to use the same team twice. I feel like that's something Mark Shanlugan will do in coming rounds, but not me. Not now. We're going to go. I'm actually, I got to be honest, guys. I am stalling because I am just throwing a few picks back and forth in my head. I'm going to put them all out on the table and I'm going to pick one. You want me to go? I, 
No, no, I, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do it live. Right now, I am between the Kansas City Chiefs at minus four and a half, the Pittsburgh Steelers at plus nine and a half, and the Rams at plus three. They all feel horrible. They all feel like they're dumb picks. That's what I'm saying. But as I say it out loud, I'm going to go down on the hill with the Kansas City Chiefs at minus four and a half. Right now, 60% of the tickets on the Kansas City Chiefs, 74% of the cash, as I mentioned earlier, when Cody talked about the Dolphins there on his teaser. I, I just look at this game here, and I'm probably falling into that trap of it's cold. Of course, the Dolphins can't do it. Of course, Tua can't do it in the cold. And then all of a sudden, we got a super close game. Four and a half is that annoying number. It really is. Because if you see a game where the Dolphins are up, and maybe they're up three late in the game, and Patrick Mahomes gets the ball with a minute and a half left, one timeout with 80 yards to go, you have faith that Patrick Mahomes can get it done. However, in that scenario, they ain't covering the spread. So that's where it gets pretty frustrating that this number is four and a half, but I'm doing it anyway. Uh, one of the things that I'm going to note here is that right now, even with all the negativity, with all the stuff that's been bad for the Kansas City Chiefs, they are still, guys, tied for sixth in yards per play as an offensive team. Yes, the Dolphins are second with the second best yards per play on offense, but the Chiefs offense for all the negativity, for all the stuff that's going wrong, they have still put together some good numbers. They have still put together a bunch of good drives. And right now you take Patrick Mahomes and you take him to the bank and you go down on that hill. Who am I going to be more upset with? Am I going to be upset if the Chiefs win by three or am I going to be more upset if I take the Steelers and they lose by 30? I can't live with myself with that one. That one's too uncomfortable and I'm not comfortable with that uncomfortableness. So I'm going Kansas City Chiefs. I think the one number that really does scare me is that the Chiefs defense for all of the, the positives that you can say, them being a top four team in yards per play on a defensive side of the ball, that's better uh, with their passing unit. Their run defense is actually bottom third. They're ranked 25th in the league in run defense right now. And in this cold weather, the Dolphins can rip off explosives. That's what scares me the most. But what I'm backing and what I'm going down on is Patrick Mahomes winning this game and winning by a touchdown. Chiefs minus four and a half is my last pick. Wow. And I see Cody going nuts. I didn't realize the Knicks got it back to a one-point game and then gave up like seven straight offensive rebounds. That's Shit. exactly what that was. That was three straight offensive rebounds before a three. And I need the Knicks money line and Jalen Brunson two more points. They're going to lose. Oh my God. Something. And uh, heartbreak is what I said. All right. Anyway, <clears throat> last pick for me. I'm going to keep this short and sweet, Pete. You can maybe make a social media clip out of it if you want to. How you done? But we'll start it out here. Give me the Eagles minus the three points. I'm taking the team who's limping in, who looks dead, who all of a sudden now you're hearing about Nick Sirianni has lost the locker room. The defense, according to their D-side, kicked up to the boot. They got fat Patricia calling plays. Wink Martindale might already be on the train. Well, he's in Sarasota, Florida, but he might be on the next plane to Philadelphia if they lose on Monday night. Either way, this team will figure it out here. I just said earlier in the pod, they're going to probably beat the Dallas Cowboys next week if the Rams pull off the upset and they play the 49ers and the Eagles win and they get to play the Cowboys. So, look, this team... Are they going to get right in terms of going to the Super Bowl? I don't think so. I think their ceiling is the NFC Championship game. If Brock Purdy doesn't get hurt, I don't see him getting to the Super Bowl. 
but I think they get right for maybe two games, and they don't even have to get right here against Tampa Bay. I think the biggest thing in this game is going to be the health of Baker Mayfield, and he is not 100%. You saw him limping off the field almost every single series against the Carolina Panthers, a game they won 9 nothing. This Buccaneers offense, as bad as the, the Eagles defense has been, and they've been bad, right? They're going to get after Baker Mayfield with that pass rush because the Bucks' offensive line has been plagued, plagued by injuries this year. I don't think Tristan Wirfs is 100%. I think they're going to get after Baker, and if you get him under pressure with his bum ankle, that's what it looks like, he's going to have a tough time getting uh, time to throw it to Mike Evans to be able to get it out. They're not going to run the ball at all, I guarantee you. They're going to have zero success running the football, so it's not even like they're going to be able to use play action off of that. So Baker's going to have a long day. This Eagles defense, at least for one week, is going to stand up to the test here. They're going to get pressure on Baker all game long. And Jalen Hurts in this Eagles offense is going to do enough to win this game. Ugly, probably 23-13, 24-13. I don't see the Bucks scoring more than a touchdown against Philly. They'll probably stall out anytime they get in the red zone. So, yes, I love the Eagles minus three here on Monday night. Fly, Eagles, fly. It's going to be Eagles-Cowboys, in my opinion, in the divisional round. I, uh, I'm obviously with you, Pat, and there was one number that I forgot to mention when I was going through my Eagles minus three pick. Cody and I spoke a lot about this in the recent podcast. Oftentimes, especially with where we live in the Northeast, we know more Philly fans. I'm actually going to be in Philly this weekend, so maybe I'm trying to build the juju here, but you hear a lot of people say, like, Oh, everyone's on the Eagles. Oh, everyone's on this team. Everyone's taking that. You can't do that, right? However, in this scenario, 51% of the tickets, according to pregame.com, are on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which to me feels like it's a lot more than your average 51%. With you have a team that's the runner-up from last year's Super Bowl, a team that started this year 10-1, and who has all these players that everybody from the sharpest of sharps to the casual of squares they know these guys. They know Jalen Hurts. They know even Kelsey and Sirianni. They know all these people. So for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to have 51% of the tickets, that feels like a bigger number than a normal 51. However, 59% of the cash is on the Eagles. So some of those sharp numbers are coming in with more money on the Philadelphia Eagles, Pat. I love it. I'm all in on this bet. I guess I'm an NFC East guy today with the Cowboys backing and the Eagles backing. Pat, me and you are both banking heavy on the NFC East this week. Disgusting. Mm, Cody hated all that. Cody, I don't take hatred. I don't take emotional bias in when I'm trying to win money, okay? I take my brain Maybe and I take the facts that are presented in front of me. Maybe you should start. Well, I did. <laughs> I took the Knicks to win big tonight. I would have won four grand if I had taken the opposite. Yeah. Ugh. I, uh, I don't even want to look at this grand. Knicks game. They're down four right now. Um, with five seconds, or is it over? Is it over? Yeah, guys? It's essentially over. Yeah, Mavs are shooting free down goes. five for four seconds. Well, it was a good run. Thankfully, in my big time double down, as I was walking my dog and watching them fall apart in the first quarter, and decided it was a great time to double down on the Knicks. I didn't just take the money line; I also took them plus eleven and a half. So, at minimum, at least I salvage all the other dumb bets I put on the Knicks tonight, and I'll take that. I'll take that. All right. Well, that's all we got for Subway Sports Talk picks here today. Uh, a bunch of good ones. Right now, 110, 104, and 2 on the total record. We're looking to increase that number as a unit. We have a couple family plays, a couple sandwich opportunities here in the wildcard weekend. And uh, I'm excited. What are you guys' plans for wildcard weekend? You going to be locked in anywhere? 
Drinking? Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> Gambling? Quick quick shameless plug for me. I'll be hosting on the, on the fan yeah, yeah, 4 to 7.30 a.m. early Sunday morning. So if you're watching Chiefs-Dolphins late Saturday night and then you don't know what to do yourself and you're up all damn night, tune in to me. If you're up super early Sunday morning because you can't wait for Bill Steelers and the the incredible game that that's going to be, uh, 4 to 7.30 on the fan. That's what I'm doing. Hell yeah. I love that, Patty. Let's go. Freaking light flames to the WFAN airwaves. That's what you got to do. I know that's what you always do, but you'll bring it again this weekend. Uh, I'll be in Philadelphia this weekend for a little 30th birthday party, and that that means uh, I really hope he doesn't listen, the guy, because that would be a horrible way to find out about having a surprise party. <laughs> Listening to this podcast. Oh, you're going to Philly for a 30th birthday? That's ironic. I mean, I live in Philly and I'm turning 30 this week. Yeah, uh, hopefully he doesn't listen. And if he does, I hope he didn't make it this far. If not, I love you and I'll see you on Saturday. That's super dedication. <laughs> if he made it all the way to the last seconds of the podcast, when the picks yeah. are done, you know what the picks are. It's not like you're waiting on edge here and you continuing to listen to this very moment. Then, hey, yeah. so be it, man. You, you know, congrats. <laughs> Happy 30th birthday, bro. Act surprised. <laughs> yeah, facts. That would be hysterical, though, if I see him on Saturday and be like, thanks for ruining my surprise party. <laughs> that would be horrible. That would be actually kind of hilarious, too. And he's one of my friends who I don't think listens to the podcast, but there's always been – there's been a couple people out there in my life. I'm sure there's some people you know. It's like, oh, you listen to, like, every episode? Why wouldn't you, like, tell me? Why wouldn't you, like, text me every once in a while and say, hey, good this bad that like i didn't you're one of my closest friends and i didn't know you listened to the show for two years now thanks though i appreciate you so maybe he does maybe he doesn't hopefully he doesn't in this case shout out to him happy birthday all right i'll be in philly cody will be drinking beers pat won't be drinking beers maybe he will i'm just kidding he won't be he'll be on air saturday (laughs) night how you doing um and then we'll be back next week with more stuff to talk about and more picks to make as we make picks throughout the rest of the year subway sports talk don't forget to subscribe review on your podcast app on youtube subscribe notification bell Social media at Subway Sports Talk on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, the whole nine, the whole 10, the whole 11. <laughs> That's all we got. Cheers.